0: Welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Cage. I think you need to say it like, cage! Or cage! Because there's an exclamation point at the end. Right. This week we're talking about Cage! Which was written by jendy Tartakovsky, who you may know. Well, written and illustrated by jendy Tartakovsky, who you may know from Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack. Hotel Transylvania. Two quality films. Are you hoping that they're going for that turkey? Yeah.
1: First off, it's going to be on a cruise ship. I'm already in.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you also did love Chipwrecked.
1: I did enjoy Shipwrecked, and they did the exact same thing.
0: So is it now like the third of any movie is just going to be the one where they go on a cruise ship? Pretty much. I look forward to, oh, they can't do it for Thor 3 or Iron Man 3 or Captain America 3. Let's see Ant-Man 3 on a cruise ship.
1: They could do some cool things with that.
0: They could do it like that issue of uh, the weird Captain America run. Uh where they had to save Captain America from Superior, who was going to try and turn Captain America and Paladin into women. Nice. It's a very weird comic.
1: He also did the phenomenal uh, Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon that preceded the more well-known uh, CGI cartoon.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's important now to Star Wars canon, if you haven't seen Solo, because it had more viewers in solo no um which is well, a shame we won't I, explain.
1: I liked solo
0: it was much better than i thought it was going to be. my biggest problem is it didn't introduce anything new and it felt a lot like a hey these are things that we absolutely need to get in that people know about han solo in the first movie yeah it should have expanded more it should have put in more stuff and they shouldn't have gotten rid of uh
1: Lando's Droid friend. Oh man. She was the best. Mm-hmm. Where's her solo movie? Yep. At the same time I had an issue with it because that is exactly the character that I played in the Star Wars um where were the forces of destiny equivalent of the smugglers one is.
0: Uh there was Edge of the Empire and no. then Force and Destiny.
1: No, there's a third one that's specifically about smugglers and scoundrels it might even be called that
0: well uh, well there's like three different eras for the star wars there was edge of the empire age of rebellion and force and destiny but there are like specific books for like the different classes so that may have been like there's a scum and villainy no that was
1: yeah yeah i think we had we had something like that one uh, there was Beyond the
0: Rim, the Jewel of Yavin, Mask of the Pirate Queen, Enter the Unknown, Dangerous Covenants, Far Horizons, Fly Casuals, Special Modifications, No Disintegration, Sons of Fortune, Lords of Nalhata, and more. But- Here you go,
1: it's Edge of the Empire. Okay. You just recognized the book? Yes, I recognized the cover. <laughs> yeah, that was the one made for
0: playing your like smugglers trying to make their way through the Empire,
1: but yes, my robot used uh, pamphlets instead of just ripping off the uh, the bolts. But
0: yeah, I I do like when they talk about droid autonomy. Oh yeah, it's it's such an interesting topic because you don't really get a lot of discussions about
1: their thoughts on what's going on. Cool. Oh, I don't know. Have you been reading the Doctor Aphra comic series or the... Darth Vader series that preceded it no BT and 000, Oh, they make sure that you know their thoughts
0: but I mean in the movies oh yeah yeah I mean I was also in a very good Star Wars role playing game where we had a droid who uh turned out to have like a bunch of memories from a Jedi and they used a lightsaber that they ended up finding that their master had left inside of them Bit it was skippy? very cool
1: the force sensitive droid uh. no Original character do not steal. Well, there's already a Jedi droid. It was an episode it was an episode four Luke. Uh the one unit that goes haywire so that R2 D two gets taken by Luke. Yeah, that's Skippy, the Jedi droid. <clears throat> he knew R2 was important and knew that he had to go with Luke, not him. Wow. Yeah.
0: Old Canon is so fantastic, but, I wish
1: they didn't get rid of it. They just need to slowly bring some of it that makes sense back in.
0: Like with the IG-88 taking over the Death yeah. Star
1: before it got destroyed the second time. Fucking
0: great. mm mm-hmm. uh, But we do have a lot of comics to... Well, we have four issues of comics to discuss, and we get to talk about black exploitation today. Yay! In a section yeah. I like to call white people giving opinions because we weren't able to get any people of color to really discuss... Their thoughts on this, so it's just why people talking about this comic. Which did garner a lot of controversy. Uh, like, I remember reading a lot more about it because the series initially came out in. Well, we should probably talk about the history of this because it was announced in 2007, mm-hmm. and Jendy Tartakovsky was like, oh yeah, I'll do these comics for you, but I get to release them on my own schedule. And then the editor who we worked with at the time left. And so once he was done with Iron Man 2 storyboards and Symbionic Titan in like 2006, he was like, hey, I've still got like most of these comics. I think they're fine. Uh, And so Marvel was like, oh, hey, if he's got these uh, waiting around, we've got the Cage TV series and we can get this as a sort of opposition point to the Power Man and Iron Fist comic that was going out that was written and illustrated by black creators and it was because
1: people kept asking him about the where the project still was because there was the renewed interest in Cage during the Hotel Transylvania 2 press release tour
0: yeah I, I feel like the problem is though that this black exploitation approach comes from a person with no connection other than oh i love how ridiculous these things are i've i've read like a dozen half dozen or so i read like a half dozen or so articles on like black comics creators and black comics fans and black comics critics talking about it and talking about how they had issues with the comic because it's Oh, this guy likes how over the top things are in Black Exploitation, but a lot of the characters feel in a way like racial stereotypes, especially with some of the art, and it really doesn't have any of the depth or support of the black community or support of black community ideals that black exploitation had a lot of the time. Not saying that it was never problematic, but it was just something that is a major element missing. It's like how, you know, the, the, where's my money, honey, uh, power man thing, oh, yeah. right, Devin? Yeah. For those of you who are unfamiliar, there is a famous story where Dr. Doom hired Luke Cage to do a job and then decided to not pay him. So Luke Cage flies out to Latveria and it's like, where's my money, honey? And it's like, Oh, ha ha ha. ha. This is so ridiculous. And on a level, it's like, oh, yeah, Luke Cage has spent more money than the job cost him. And so you can see it as him being dumb or just over the top. Or you can see it as he is a person who will not even let Dr. fucking Doom, the magician, super genius, ruler of another country, get away with disrespecting him. And uh, yeah, so I'll I'll link to some of the articles that I read uh, discussing it. And did you play Cuphead?
1: Yeah, that game's hard. I don't like that game.
0: Yeah. Well, there had also been a discussion where, like, it also had some very inadvertent racist stuff because, like, the guys who invented the game even said in a lot of the interviews, we grew up watching a lot of stuff like Betty Boop cartoons and the old, like, Fleischer stuff and the old Looney Tunes stuff, but there's a lot of, like, minstrelism and, like, racist caricature stuff that they bring over without necessarily having the context for it so even though they like this it's not them trying to be actively racist but it's a side effect of how a lot of these racist things transfer over it's like how Bugs Bunny wears gloves because that was a thing that was wears the white gloves because that was a thing brought over from minstrel cartoons
1: interesting I should not know that about why I wore the gloves
0: Mm -hmm. comics and animation and a lot of stuff is just
1: fascinating is also this comic was also written in 2007 and he also said that he hadn't updated really anything of it since 2007 and had it been released in 2007 i do think it might have played off a little differently because I, I also read some articles where they were talking about the fact that one of the big issues they also have is the fact that you just had the release of the Luke Cage television series where he is presented as this really like powerful and good representation of the Black community. And then you have this character, which kind of comes in and... Not necessarily ruins it, but it's just a different take, which kind of takes more away from that.
0: It's something that they've tried to break away from because there was also like another series that was also titled cage back before uh ben started writing alias around that same time where they tried to do a hip-hop version of luke cage and it apparently was very bad because it was filled with like unfortunate attempts for a white guy to write a quote-unquote black character as they saw it and i think part of it's just A lot of white creators don't know black people or only know black people when interacting with them from a perspective of, oh, hey, this guy I'm talking to is a comic fan or is a comic creator. I'm a big fan of I'm going to try and like try and not geek out too much or they only see things on BET or on other ways that only offer a single perspective of what black culture is. Once again, though, we are two white dudes discussing black culture um and i'm sorry about the train on my back right now um yeah so i just wanted to get that preface out there because i think it is definitely worth addressing and it is just very strange in so many ways but uh let's get into it uh just to finish the credits slash restart them it was written and illustrated by jindy tartakovsky with inks by stefan de stefano colors by scott willis and letters by vc's clayton cowles and we uh start off with like a very 1977 stereotypical black exploitation in new york city where it's like the city of big big buildings Big shoes, big shirts,
1: and big crime. Everything's big.
0: So that is when we see the bank rollers, who are a group of bank robbing thieves who are sort of wearing like the Dazzler costume with roller skates Mm -hmm. stealing from a bank. And that is when Luke Cage shows up and beats the heck out of all of them in a very violent way. Or at least
1: stylistically, it's very intense. My thing is, yes, but with a lot of the art, it is also very much Tartakovsky. And like if you watch Samurai Jack, it looks very similar to that style of art. Yeah, it it is very stylized. Which was one of the big reasons I was super into the book when it was first announced. Mm -hmm. Because Samurai Jack was like my favorite, one of my favorite shows growing up.
0: And that is when the cops show up because they are still trying to catch Luke Cage he sees some kids who are playing basketball and they're, they like thank him for the new basketball they got. And he's like, I'm glad new kids are staying off the streets. And then when he makes a slam dunk, he ends up breaking their basketball hoop.
1: But I also love too that this is basically just the takeoff from the old basketball advertisements that you would used to see in the comic books from the 1970s. <laughs> You're like, look at the difference that the Spalding basketball makes.
0: There's a lot of weird
1: homages to things. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm into this.
0: So Luke ends up going into Chinatown because he has a date he is running late for with Misty. And it turns out she hasn't arrived. And when he's had to wait for like 35 minutes, he gets very angry. Like the way that his anger is depicted is. Potentially very fucking problematic. Because it's the, oh, he's like, there better be an excuse or there will be hell. Like, I feel uncomfortable with that level of escalation, especially since it is a white dude writing a black character. Yeah,
1: that's a nice, yeah.
0: So Cage heads into the police station. All the cops are missing. And there is only one person who is still in the prison cell who isn't really given a name. And he offers to tell Luke what happened if he gets him out of the prison cell. So Luke literally grabs him by the neck, pulls him through the bars, out of his clothes. And he's like, yeah, all the heroes have been disappearing. And then Luke puts him back in. And what gets me here is there is definitely a writing error because there's a whole thing where it's like, If you get me out of this jail cell, I'll tell you what happened. And then at the end, the guy's like, hey, man, you promised to let me out. And Luke says, I didn't say for how long. But Luke never gets a line where he's like, okay, I'll get you out of the jail cell. Like, I get that it's a bit, but it's something where the editor should have been like, you need to have the line where he's like, hey, uh, yeah, I'll get you out. And then he pulls him through. It's just a weird...
1: Thing. that didn't bother me it was a writing flaw
0: so Lucan's up heading to Misty's apartment because he sees the lights on and that is when Cyclops is there and just attacks him because remember how in the 70s Jean Grey and Misty Knight used to be roommates
1: yeah yeah and so that's we actually that's a g- action shot of Cyclops is going all out. It
0: is, it is. And Luke is like, she moved out months ago. And I do like that it is technically a tie-in to the Dark Phoenix saga. But Luke gets blasted out and that is when he is confronted by the X, Chemistro, Mace, Black Mariah, and Mr. Fish, who are a bunch of Luke Cage supervillains. And he... Uh, gets the sap out of him for a bit, but then he's able to turn the tables and jumps on the back of a truck, but then the back of the truck opens up and he gets knocked out.
1: Issue 2. I do
0: really like the cover here. Yeah. Uh, where it's uh, the letters for the word hunted and you see Luke running through the jungle for this. Like... It's very stylized and very good, but also like very, very slight in terms of story. So Luke wakes up and finds himself in a wooden cage and there are two and there are two people waiting for him. One of them is a tiger man and one of them is a lion man. He jumps out of a boat that he was on and they give chase after him until he ends up landing on an island. And as he runs through the woods, a Snake tries to bite him, and he ends up punching the snake, which is a very good panel.
1: Oh, incredibly. That will be in the image gallery.
0: Yep. Devin did the image gallery this time because Devin wanted to cover this story, and also because there's not too many other, like, what-if comics for Luke Cage.
1: Nope. Because really he didn't have that big of a role until more recently. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
0: Luke runs through the jungle, he gets tired, and uh, he tries to, like, uh, lose him. But then he wanders into a swamp where he gets knocked out again. And we get some very, very good trippy, like, 70s psychedelic art. For, like, a few pages. Like, a lot of these would make very, very cool but very weird posters to have around. Oh, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And like he finally gets up and that is when he sees a who's the guy who did those gross mad covers? Because um, like that's what the final illustration is of, and I'm trying to remember uh who the guy I think it was Kurtzman.
1: but um, uh, who... the he was driving the car at the eyes. No, no, that's Ed Roth. Uh there had been Because you going say it doesn't look like uh, that.
0: Yeah, no. Uh Kurtzman did. Let's see. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I used to have a big book of Mad Magazine art and I don't believe I've got it anymore cuz otherwise I could just look at that and look up
1: the uh, it does not look like that is him
0: yes Basil Wolverton Mad Magazine like he'd do all these very weird faces and uh, he put him in there so this last panel is a Basil Wolverton face of this new villain who we have never seen before we then get into issue three where uh, he finally sees, or where he thinks he sees Misty, but then he actually sees the strange rhyming culprit who's behind everything, along with the tiger and lion. And this culprit is known as Professor Seuss.
1: Do you get which, it? You know, like Doctor Seuss. It? Yes,
0: and he does look very Theodore oh, Geisel esque. Mm-hmm. And he is also very bad at rhyming. But uh, Luke has been put into a strange and weird cage and he has picked a bunch of other heroes who he wants to fight, including Brother Voodoo, Iron Fist, Ghost Rider, Dazzler, Misty Knight, and Black Panther. And he's like, yeah, you're you're all going to fight my creations. And. there's, There's not a lot of questions. Luke tries to get out, but he isn't able to. Like, everyone else is also unable to, and Luke is just frustrated because he doesn't think he's going to be able to make some money this way. So the first fight is between Misty Knight and the uh, Mr. Tiger, who's the Tiger Man. And she gets beaten out, even though he does accidentally bite her robot arm. And it is vicious, for whatever reason. Uh, Iron Fist ends up fighting a monkey man, who ends up beating the heck out of him because it takes too long for him to get his iron fist ready. And Luke Cage goes to fight Mr. Lion, recognizing him as the guy who had jumped him. And he just beats the heck out of him nine times, getting out all of his nine lives. And that's the entire third issue. Like it is very, very short. Er, And so we finally get to the finale, which which has a great cover. Yeah, where does Luke Cage getting knocked out of his own comic? Which I get why they show him getting knocked out, but I think it would have been great if his body was like cut around, so like his body was cut off as he is punched out of the comic instead of having it all hmm. slightly shifted. But I don't think that it worked as much.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: So Luke Cage continues to beat his people So Luke Cage continues to beat the people at Professor Seuss. Well, all the others lose, like Dazzler gets beaten up by Mr. Tiger.
1: Because he puts on some shades.
0: Uh, brother Voodoo gets knocked out by Monkey because Monkey just punches through his ghost brother and knocks out Brother Voodoo. Luke fights an alligator man. Ghost Rider ends up losing against a bear who just punches him. I... Like, there are a lot of very good panels here, and I wouldn't mind seeing
1: Tartakovsky draw more Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that all looks really nice. Well, what I think he could probably actually yeah. do, if he tried tackling another character... Mm-hmm. I do feel like it, there was an issue with the fact that this comic was 10 years old by the time he finally released it.
0: Well, and that he chose to do a very specific era of
1: exploitation. Yeah. I feel like if maybe if he had tried working on it more like now... We might have got something mm-hmm. a little different.
0: Or or like there are so many characters I'd like to see him try. Like imagine Tartakovsky doing a Silver Surfer That'd run. that cool. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with the reaction that the comic got, it may be hard slash he's making more money doing movies. Oh, for sure.
1: He's making more money doing movies mm-hmm. when he initially did it.
0: And so... Luke finally is, like, beating everybody. And so Dr. Seuss is like, well, you have defeated all of my men. Now I can finally tell you my secret origin. And Luke just wants his money. And so he keeps interrupting Professor Seuss as he tries to give his origin, which is very good comedy work. And he's like, okay, well, my final prize is me. And he's a very, very thin, gross-looking man. And so they are going to fight Luke tries to escape, and that is when Professor Seuss attacks him in the back. And he's like, "Yeah, if you don't fight me, I'm just going to kill everybody uh, else." So Luke gets the heck beaten mm-hmm. out of him for a while because Professor Seuss is very good at what he does. And he's like, "Hi, I've defeated you, Luke Cage." But then Luke Cage is like, "Oh yeah, nope, you're wrong." and he gets back up and starts beating the heck out of him which excites professor seuss and it becomes a more even fight but luke is able to keep on going while professor seuss gets completely knocked out and he ends up defeating him and so a few days later luke is back in new york city he's upset that uh like nobody stuck around to thank him or even give him a ride home he needed to use all of his money to get back And when he goes to get some noodles at the Chinese restaurant again, there's a sign for a private party. But it turns out that all the heroes who he saved and even some other ones who didn't show up are there and they throw him a surprise party. And that's the end. Like, it's a very weird and rushed. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, we spent... 14 minutes or so discussing the first part or we've spent like 14 minutes talking about, uh, everything else before we got to the story. And we've spent like 15 minutes or so discussing the story itself. So it's, it's slight. Also, I don't think I mentioned the universe. It is a temporary reference number of 602, which means that there's not an actual numbered universe for this. Yeah. it's a totally new um, book.
1: It's like two years old. There's more recent books that have gotten numbers. No, because it came out at the very end of 2016. So it's just like a year and a half. And also, it wasn't like a huge book. It had a very niche no, audience was, of people who wanted that gendy Tartakovsky lifestyle.
0: Yep. The gendy life. Which hashtag. That was all about. So that wraps up the uh, storyline. We didn't get any questions for this, but definitely if you want to reach out and engage with us on this topic, feel free to. And now let us rank this on Trials of the Multiverse. Are you ready, Devin? I'm ready. I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be a big divide between it not having a lot of story, it having some issues because of the black exploitation, but like the art being very good
1: the best
0: uh okay how do you feel about it compared to uh what if Deadpool
1: joined the New Mutants uh way better than that
0: uh Santa plus the Infinity Gauntlet
1: better than that
0: um okay I think Amalgam might be a bit more because Amalgam had a lot amalgam. of but it had a lot of good stuff and it had a lot of bad stuff. Um, Marvel Universe Live.
1: It's better than that. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having. Okay, I don't want to put it above Justice League, the nail and another nail.
1: Better than that. No. It's better than that.
0: I'm putting it right under.
1: It's better than that.
0: But it has a lot of issues to it, and there's not a lot of story.
1: No, it doesn't has four issues.
0: I meant the other type of issues. It's got...
1: you yeah. <sighs> good.
0: Okay, okay. What if Aku killed Samurai Jack as number 117? Yeah. We'll put it right above that. How's that? Yeah. Right under Green Lantern Star Trek. Uh, So our new number 117 is Earth. T-R-N-602 Cage. And Devin, do you know what we're covering next week?
1: Yeah, it's that one, what if issue. Uh, uh-huh? Yeah, that one. Yep. So... If
0: you've missed our long issues where we have to explain jokes, uh, well, you are going to be in luck again. Devin, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me online at FredoFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Luke, where can people find you?
0: You can find me online at at Coltrick. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And at LukeHare, L-E-K-E-H-E-R-R.com. Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. We are also sponsored on patreon if you enjoy the podcast you can look at tossing a buck or two that also su- uh, that also supports the other podcast that we do exiled and um yeah uh, multiversal Q also has a twitter and a facebook and if you visit the website i didn't really have my normal note sheet here but i will also have some images so uh anything else to say before we go
1: Hotel Transylvania 3 coming to theaters sometime next month, and Luke Cage Season 2 coming out to theaters or to Netflix later this month.
0: So until next time, this one's for Hank. Peace.
1: Peace.